Show episode 103. How you doing? I'm a fakakta mess today. I think I say that every single day. I think I wake up in the morning and I say, oh my God, what a fakakta mess I am today. Or I wake up and I say, oh my God, I'm tired already. And the day didn't even start yet, people. Fact of the day, the British people drink 100 million cups of tea every day. That's 36 billion cups of tea a year. I mean, really, people. I wonder how much coffee they... It doesn't even matter how much coffee they drink because they just... They, they're tea addicts. They're, they're tea addicts. They love the tea. Oh, my God. Can I tell you something? Okay, let me tell you about this. The schools today, they don't make it easy for the parents, you know? Like, my kids, they had a fun run at school. Very cute. You know, we had to, like... I don't know, sponsor the kids to run around in the playground in like their school t-shirts, whatever. And, um, you know, when they have it for all grades and, you know, my kids, they go through to a school K through fifth and they want the parents to come, you know, when they're blowing the teachers and the principal, we're blowing up the email every single day. Make sure you come to the fun run. Make sure you come to the fun run. And it's like, I got a job, but what am I supposed to do? You know, it's like, so fun. So, you know, we go to the fun run, me and my ex-husband, we go together because, you know, obviously we're civilized. And the thing is, the thing is, is they have the fun run at each, at all different times per grade. So my younger daughter, her run was nine o'clock in the morning. And then the older one, hers is like one in the afternoon. And it's like, why do you make this so difficult? And, and by the way, by the way, I'm sure you'll agree with me on this. Like when I went to school, when I went to school, my mother dropped me. I, first of all, she didn't even drive me to school. The bus picked me up. The bus took me to school. And that was the end of that. She didn't see my face until the afternoon or at night when she came home from work. God forbid. The only time my mother showed up at school, God forbid, I was in the nurse's office with an emergency or something horrible happened, like I was about to get in trouble, which never really happened. And I, <laughs> that's right, mom. I was the perfect one. What can I say? But the thing's like, you know, and I, I had things, I don't have any specific memories, but I remember, um, I don't have any specific memories where I, I felt like my mother should have been there, but I do remember us having activities where there were parents there. I, I didn't care either way, you know, but I remember that we had some things, the parents there, and I, maybe it was the class parent, maybe it was the PTA there. It didn't dawn on me. And I'm not one of these kids where it's like that time I made pottery, my mother never showed up. No, no. But but today, the schools, they expect the parents to come. They bully the parents. They're like, make sure you come to the... And, and you don't even make it easy for us. Uh, so I'm going... I went to the one in the morning because I was able to at 9 a.m. I, I was able to, but I'm not able to go to the one at one in the afternoon. I work... I work, I'm so sorry for all of you teachers and all of these other, you know, very wealthy, rich, Upper East Side parents that just could just, just leave, just leave, have the time to walk to school and sit through a fire. You know what? I've had enough. And I, you know, I'm not even going to spend another damn second talking about it. I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed because I want to be there for my kids, but I, I, I need it to be a, like slightly easy, you know? Of course, my ex-husband's going to every every single thing. He, you know, he lives like upstairs from the school. I know. It's very nice. I know. People be listening. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's very nice. I don't live far from the school. I live a few blocks away. But, you know, anyway, if you're watching on video, I'm wearing a gorgeous kimono. 
I talked about it like 50 podcast episodes ago, which is hilarious to say 50 episodes ago. Well, first of all, we're on episode 103 and uh, I'm only on season three. I told my boyfriend, he's like, you should be on like season 10. It should be like 10 episodes a season. I'm like, oh, well, not the Elise DeLucci show. The Elise Lu show, we do 50 episodes a season around here. <laughs> but uh, but a bunch of episodes ago, I told you about this kimono that I bought on Amazon. And, uh, and I'm wearing it and I just, I love it. Like if you watch it's, it's satin, AKA Polly, but who cares? It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I was reading the New York post this weekend and I don't know if you get the post, but they had an insert, like a fashion insert. And, uh, it was about, you know, it was like, all the, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like an advertisement insert. It was like, it was just like, I don't know, spring fashion insert. And they had all these celebrities and, and all their favorite things. And I'm sure, of course, they had some, you know, some inserts, some products that were dropped on the celebrity pages were paid for by the brands. But but for the most part, it was a real editorial. And this one girl, I don't remember who it was, she had, you know, her page of things. And she had two items that I loved. The first one I'm going to tell you is, if you don't know, the Birkenstock Eva sandals. I um, bought them last year for the first time. And I think I actually spoke about them, but I bought myself another pair. You know, they, they're lightweight. They're like the, they're like Crocs, you know, and they could get wet and, you know, cares and they're $50 and whatever. But the Birkenstock Eva sandals, she had them in the Arizona style. The Arizona style is the two straps uh, that go across. And she had them in a pink, in pink, that pink Eva. So pink plastic. And I uh, bought another pair recently in like a jade green, but I bought the thong ones. They are, they're called the Gazay. They are so comfortable. I was so happy to see them in this fabulous celebrity of fashion, you know, recommendations because they are like the best shoes. I mean, you know, of course, like my boyfriend, he's like, uh, those are hideous. And it's like, who cares? Like, I rather have beautiful feet, beautiful, comfortable feet that when I take off my shoes, they're not littered with bunions and sores. You know what I'm saying? I love these Birkenstocks. They are so comfortable. And then the other thing that I don't have, but I love was this brand of bags. And I never heard of this brand before. You might've heard of it. Claire V, Claire, C-L-A-R-E, Claire V with just the letter V. Apparently she has a store on Elizabeth Street down in Nolita. I used to work around the corner on Mott Street a million years ago. And I loved working there because, you know, there's all these cool boutiques and stores and they open up and I, you know, and I, I would, I was always like in the know, but I'm not down there so much anymore. But apparently there's this brand, Claire V. It's been around for a few years. And uh, the bag that was in this New York Post spread, I loved. It was woven leather, not like the um, Bottega Veneta woven leather that came out a couple of years ago. It's not like thick. It's not like thick straps of woven. It's not like the deck chair in your backyard woven. You know what I'm saying? It's not like that. It's like rattan, you know, it's like, you know what it's like, you know what it's like, I just thought of it. Like when you go to a bed and breakfast and they have the wicker chairs on the porch, that rattan, it's exactly like that. And it's a salmon colored pocketbook. And it's, um, I'm doing it with my hands. It's not quite like the size of an eight by 10 piece of paper. Maybe it's like nine inches or eight inches rectangle, long straps, you could do crossbody. $300 or $350. It is so cute. Like, I also feel though I could find it at 
TJ Maxx. You know, it's like one of those bags. Like you like, it's cute, but like I probably could find it at TJ. Like not not the brand. I could pro- probably find something like it. You know, at TJ and it, then it, at TJ, it's one of their like leather bags that like are a hundred dollars. That probably that really are actually a good deal, but because they're littered with the bags that are twenty nine ninety nine, you're like, oh, hundred dollars, so expensive. But this bag is so cute. I love the salmon color leather. I love the rattan. It has a zip top, a zip around, you know. And it I think it's a little see-through, which I don't love because I don't need everybody seeing all my wet and wild lip liners, okay? But but oh my God, it just looks perfect. It looks like the perfect summer bag. Looks like it holds an iPhone. Looks like it holds my stand-up notebook. So I don't know. Maybe I'll treat myself. We shall see. My girlfriend's like, all you do is treat yourself. I don't care. I don't care. Mind your own. Speaking of treats. So last week, you know, I'm talking about the British baking. I got this cookbook for myself for Mother's Day. I'm going to hold it up if you're watching on video. It's called The British Bake Book. And uh, it's called The History of British Baking, Savory and Sweet. And the author is uh, a girl, Regula Yeswin. Her last name seems Welsh. You know, when you go to Wales, you'll see the street signs, you know, in Welsh, the highway signs. And the Welsh language is so funny. It's lots of L's and Y's and W's and E's. It's like, it's like a, like Llewellyn, you know, it's like, it's like a crazy, it looks crazy. But this girl, no offense, uh, no offense. You people don't care. This girl, this is what her last name, it looks Welsh, Regula Yellen. And here's the thing. I, I, I feel bad what I'm about to say, okay? Because she's so cute by the way, she has the most, I'm looking in the book. She has the most adorable pictures of her. If you could see him holding it up, adorable pictures of her. She's like very retro. She has her hair kind of like pins up with maybe like, you know, like a tulip in it or something like a plaid dress, like a smock dress with pleats. And it comes to me. She's very adorable. She's very retro. Like if you were to have to dream up like a British Betty Crocker, like she would kind of slash like pinup girl, like this would kind of be it. And the thing about this girl is that she has, I think like a blog, or an Instagram or something. And, you know, that's probably how she got into, got a book deal. So I really, so, you know, she's probably, she's a creator and I do not want to say anything bad, but I was so excited to get this book. I was so excited because it's a modern, apparently baking, uh, it's a modern, not apparently, it's a, it's a British bake book that's modern, AKA printed in the last couple of years. Like I have books on my shelf that printed, I don't know, they're horrors. I made two things from the book. Horrific. I know. I I feel bad. Regula. Is that your name? Regula? Is that how we say your name? Or is it Regula? No, that's the Italian way. What's your name? Regula. Regula. That's like my friend Kelly Fergale. She tells I'm a, she's my roommate in Italy. Side note, tangent. I had a I live when I lived in Rome, I had five American roommates in my uh, my apartment upstairs, and then another five downstairs. How fun. I was 19. I know it was amazing. And one of my girlfriends, her name was Kelly Fergale. That was her name, Kelly Fergale. And if you're listening, Kelly, you know I love you. I love her. She was she was amazing. She was like 10 years older than me. We became like best friends. You know, well, I only like the older people. It's just my thing. And uh I, you know, the Italians, they were she was like, they were like, What's your name? She's like, Kelly Fergale. And then they were like, Kelly Fergale. Kelly Fergale. Kelly Fergale. This is like this girl. I would meet her. She'd be like, my name's Regula. I'd be like, Regula. Anyway, this doll, I made two things. Yorkshire tea cakes, which look like a scone. They look like a scone and slash, um, they look like a scone slash a biscuit. They have currants in them and they, you know, they're like the circumference of, um, you know, an English muffin. I made them smaller though. 
I didn't know. I made them smaller. I made them small, like, like small, like Oreo size. And uh, the first, after they first came out of the oven, they were delicious. They were delicious. I had to put a little butter on it. Mm, heaven. And then, you know, they say, keep it in an airtight container. The next day, oh, woof. Oh, I couldn't even have it. It was horrible. My mother's like, put some in a freezer bag for me and save them for me and Nani. I can't, I can't even do it. I can't. I, yeah. I mean, I could, I could put them in a freezer bag for her and then I'm going to give them to her and she's going to heat them up. And I mean, maybe if you like really heat them up and it, you want the butter, but it's like, you could waste your calories on other things that are more delicious. And then here's the saddest part was she had this recipe for something called rich tea biscuits. And she goes on and on in the recipe book about how Prince William, when he got married, he wanted a rich tea biscuit cake for the, a man cake. You know, of course he did. And of course, it's like the most boring flavor. Sorry, I have to adjust. And um, the rich tea biscuits, you know, they are, they're, I, I thought they were going to taste like shortbread, you know, almost like a Walker shortbread, but they don't, they didn't. They came out tasting like chalk, like chalk biscuits. I made them in heart shapes. The only reason why I made them in heart shapes is because, you know, they, the recipe called for a round cookie cutter and I couldn't find one. I only had like, you know, Christmas bells and angels and gingerbread men. So I found a heart and I was like, all right, we'll do hearts. They, they, they were so dry. The recipe called for demerara sugar, which my ex-mother-in-law used to use, which is raw sugar. And, um, you know, it's like sugar in the raw. It's like that, those little brown packets, demerara sugar. I think that's how you pronounce it. And usually we bake, us Americans, we bake with granulated sugar. And uh, they bake with caster sugar, you know, which is very, which is like a, which is very fine. I actually don't know the difference between has caster sugar really and confection, confection sugar, but there is a difference. Um, but a lot of their recipes call for this demerara sugar, raw sugar, and caster sugar. So, and the recipe is different. It's different than it, the, the way that she writes the recipes in this book are different than when you read baking cookbooks that we have. Like in baking, you know, it's all about the measurements and the science. And that's why baking annoys me because cooking, it's like you throw a little of this, you throw this, you throw it over your shoulder, bang, you got dinner. Baking, it's like you got to measure, like it's like chemistry and not my strong suit. But I do love, I do love to do anything that's revolves around making things in the kitchen so far. And obviously, you know that I'm a fat ass. So anything that involves calories and chocolate and sweets and sugar, I'm butter. Anyway, my boyfriend's like, if you get one more stick of butter in that freezer, at least I got like 18 sticks in there. What's it to you guy? You should be so lucky. I tell him, have a girlfriend that bakes for you. I mean, not really. Anyway, so the thing, okay. So here's the thing. When we do the baking, it's like rules of baking that you learn over time. You know, you just get in, imprinted in your head. Like if you're going to, um, you, you know, you'll do butter room temperature a lot of times and then you'll cream the butter and the sugar. That's like the first thing you do usually in baking, right? Cream the butter and sugar. And then in a separate uh, bowl, you know, you'll have the the flour and the, the you know, maybe your baking soda and you maybe your cinnamon or whatever you have, your salt in it. And, you know, you sift it all together and then you add and then, you know, you do the eggs after the butter and the sugar. You know what I'm saying? You're doing this broad, Regula, okay? Regula, yes, Jwin. She, she's, she has this whole thing like, like, like just like dump it in the thing and, 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 and then mush in the butter cold butter with your hands. And I'm just like, what, what kind of baking is this? 
So I'm not going to say that the whole book is a wash. I'm still going to give it a, I'm going to still give it a go. That's very British of me. Still going to give it a go. Give it a go, darling. Give it a go, darling. Um, I'm still going to give it a go, some of the other recipes. But herein lies what could possibly be the problem. I was walking to Kitchen Arts and Letters the other day, which is one of the cookbook stores in my neighborhood. And I picked up this book, if you could see. It's not a book. It's like a pamphlet. And it was $7. And it's called All You Need to Know About the British Kitchen, Names, Terms, and Measures for the American Cook. And I'm reading this book. You know, it's like, it's again, little look. That's it. If you're listening on audio, just a little pamphlet. Okay. It, it, the book, it's not a book. It, I bought it because sometimes I don't understand what some of the things are in these in the British baking book. So I, it's like a glossary, right? Like, for example, uh, if they call for pine kernels in a British baking book, that's pinolis to us, pine nuts. If they call for um, pitta, pitta, if you see pitta in a break, British baking book that, or British cookbook, that's pita bread. I think a lot of us know that, though. But I didn't know this, that like the British standard cup, like a me- the measurements are a little different. I never knew this. How did I not, how did I miss this? A British standard cup is 10 fluid ounces. The American standard cup, eight fluid ounces. I don't understand. There's, there's just lots of things. Like, so, so basically what I'm telling you, you know, and they, they you know, they, they also do this Fahrenheit to centigrade conversions in here because a lot of the the Brit uh Brit cookbooks are centigrade. But anyway, listen, enough about this cooking. You're probably like, what the hell? Is she a comedian or she's fucking cook? Pick pick a lane. Here's the thing. I didn't know. So maybe Regula, I got your recipes wrong. Maybe I was measuring wrong. Oh, I'm awful clumped in the head. I'm awful clumped in the head. I have so exciting news, such exciting news that Vic DiBettatetto, do you know Vic? Slick Vic. Slick Vic, baby. Vic DiBettatetto is allowing me to feature for him, which is 20 minutes. I'm doing 20 minutes um, at his show at the Stress Factory coming up in uh, mid-June. If you're in New Jersey, you gotta come. It's in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the Stress Factory. I think it's June 11th and June 12th. We're doing four shows together, uh, 7 and 9 p.m. I am so excited because I love Vic. I haven't met him in person yet. I'm sure he's a doll. He also did the Italian-American diaspora in the same way my family did it, Brooklyn, Staten Island, New Jersey. Um, And he's just funny. And, you know, like, here's the thing about Vic. A lot of people don't know. A lot of people think that Vic just went on YouTube 10 years ago and started screaming about snowstorms and milk and bread. And the next thing you know, he's a household name. Household name if you're Italian. I know if you're not Italian, you're like, who is this girl? She's calling a household name. He is to Italian people. People know Vic DiBettatetto. That's what they know. But anyway, no, Vic was kicking around doing stand-up for quite a long time before he got on YouTube and started screaming out milk and bread and snowstorms and all this shit. He's very funny. And I am so excited to work with him. And I think we're going to be a good match together. So wish me luck um, or wish me breaking the leg or something like that. Because I I really do think we're going to be a great fit. He's older. I think he's in his... uh, early 60s. He appeals to men and women, families, but you know, men, the men, they like him. And uh, I'm a woman and I'm younger. And you know, he's not talking about some of the things that I'm talking about. So 
I'm really, really excited and I hope it goes well. And yes, I hope that I could take, I hope that he lets me, I hope it goes so well that he says, you know what, Broadleys, come with me to Long Island. Come with me to Chicago because he has a great audience and um, it's just going to be great. It's going to be great. And I am on uh, going on vacation soon. Another piece of great news. Going to Antigua. You know, did I say this last week that, you know, on Mother's Day, it's like I bring up the fact that I'm going on vacation. And what's what is the first thing my grandmother says? Oh, somebody just got murdered in the Bahamas. And, you know, you got to be careful. And then this one said, oh, and I went to Sandals once and they took us on a morning walk off the resort. It was very dangerous. First of all, I'm not staying at Sandals, okay? And no offense to you Sandals goers, but I don't want to go on vacation and play group volleyball with a bunch of newlyweds. I have no desire, okay? I don't want to go on vacation and after dinner, you know, drink my ties and do a scavenger hunt. I want to do my own goddamn thing, which is lay on the beach with a hat over my face. <laughs> the giant t-shirt on, drink a pina colada and read a book about, I don't know, murderers or something. That's what I want to do. I don't want to make friends. I'm not a newlywed and I'm not miserable either, FYI. But, you know, it's like just ridiculous. It's like, and then of course, it's how much does it cost? Where where are you flying to? Oh, what if you have problems getting back to the country, into the country and you got the kid? It's the worst possible outcomes. Not, oh, Elise, you deserve a break. Oh, Elise, you haven't been on a vacation in a long time. No, it's the, you know what? They're prepping me for the worst possible outcomes. It's like, it's like, it's, it's like they want, it's almost like they're like painting a picture of a nightmare vacation. This is what the family, family's like. This is what they're like. Why? Why? Can I not just enjoy Emma, is that such a terrible thing? Is this a depression era thing? Like, is this a depression era thing that they think about the worst possible outcome? You know, and then my grandmother, and then she's like, I, I put it online, I don't know if you saw it. And then, she, you know, my grandmother, she's like, and what if you get stuck there and you got this kind of expense? You got to stay in the hotel. Do they even reimburse you? It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? And I've been juicing and drinking carrots and zucchini. And I mean, oh, but yesterday I did live a little, let me tell you, because I ate a whole loaf of Italian bread. Oops, little mistake. I mean, did, did we not see that happening? All I've been doing is talking about food. It's like, I'm talking about food. I'm dreaming about food. I'm baking baked goods. I'm happy that they kind of come out half horrible because then I get to like, you know, pawn them off. And by the way, I want to say one thing else about that British baking cookbook. When we bake, me and my daughters, we always put some in a little Tupperware for my uh, ex-husband, you know, their father. And we did it and I sent them over and he, he texted me and he said, not your best. <laughs> so judgmental. What an asshole. He's another one. You should be so lucky your ex-wife gives you baked goods. Why don't I throw it at you? Why don't I just see you and just throw the cookies at your face? But you know what? If he's saying that the, the, if he who was raised on boiled vegetables and bland, bland, savory foods. If he's saying they're not good, then I'm going to take his opinion. I got to tell you. Also about opinions. <laughs> I was online the other day. I saw an ad for Good American Jeans. Do you know these, this brand? This is um, 
Chloe Kardashian's brand. Let me tell you something. On Rent the Runway, I rented years, uh, not years, years. Uh, last year. Yeah, I rented a rent. Uh, I rented a good American dress. It was a long, ankle length, uh, red knit dress with a V neck and long sleeves, and it was form fitting. It was sexy. V neck, very sexy. It was great. Not like sexy, like bedroom sexy. Like I wore it for Christmas sexy because you know I just felt like being sexy that year, and I was feeling thin. So, you know, and of course my mother's like, why do you got to show up at Christmas looking like that? You know, it's like, it's like, go, 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 go away. But anyway, I, uh, the, I gotta say the dress was great. The dress was great. It, it, it hugged. It was, it was, it was taut. It was perfect. It really did like live up to this. Um, uh, um, I don't even know the word about it, but basically when she came out with the line, she was saying that this was like a size inclusive line and doesn't matter what your size is. The material's really good and you'll like it and blah, blah, blah. And I was weary. I never bought anything from these Kardashian girls because they came out with a kid's wear line when I had my youngest daughter, Vivian. And I remember being in Century 21, which, oh my God, we'll talk about in a second. But I remember being at Century 21 when Vivian was a baby, like, I don't know, three, six, three, six months old. And I saw the car, I saw this sparkle vest from the corner of my eye, you know, and I rushed to it, little kid vest. And it was one of those like sets and it had like a top, cream top and uh, black leggings. And I remember, and I was like, oh, the Kardashians have the kids line, cute, whatever. And I felt it and it felt like sandpaper. I was like, oh, I am absolutely not buying this that feels like sandpaper. Then it was expensive. And I remember just thinking, oh, how shitty is this? Like, you have, they have all this celebrity, they have all this money. And some manufacturer came to them and said, you want to do a kid's line? And they said, yes. And, and they, they just did the, use the cheapest thing. And they're just, they just were whores with their name, just sold off their name to sell us some shitty products. And I was annoyed, you know? But anyway, I never gave them a second thought. So when Chloe Kardashian came out with her good American jeans, I thought, nah. but I'm telling you, the dress was good. So the other day I'm retargeted for jeans right? Jeans, like a pair of jeans that they, the good American jeans. And Khloe Kardashian does a video endorsing these jeans. And I assume it is her opinion. She says, whether you gain five pounds or lose five pounds, these jeans are still going to fit and they're going to be amazing. And the best part is that the ad had a $50 off coupon with a coupon code. So of course, there I went right on the website, looking at the jeans. The jeans were like $160. So they came out to 110, which I'm sorry, it's not really much of a bargain in my opinion. I mean, unless you're wearing, you know, like Citizens of Humanity and all these other brands, J brand, whatever. But, you know, I get the jeans at the gap. Like who gives a shit? So $110, that's eh, for somebody that has size jeans, two to 24. That's a lot for me. So I, um, you know, I went to add to cart and then I decided now I'm just going to close it down. And... I just don't know if that's true. Like, are the jeans like 98% spandex and like 2% cotton that like you could gain and lose five pounds? Five pounds is a lot. Five pounds is muffin top and then no muffin top. You know, five pounds is the zipper comes up on its own and then the zipper will just fall right down. I, I don't know if I'm buying this, but I have to say the girls that I've known that bought good American jeans have loved them. So I... I might give them a swirl one of these days and I will let you know. I will let you know. I'm still going with the almond shaped nails. 
That's one that I wanted to tell you. They're very Blanche Devereaux meets Barbara, you know? The con is that they're frustrating to type. I'm not going to lie. And I type like all day long. I type a lot. Um, and I don't really like the idea of wearing tips, but I'm telling you, I'm sold on the gel manicure. Three weeks long, I don't even have to get a manicure. I don't have to think about my nails at a sight, at a mind. Without the gel manicure, I was looking at my nails like uh, every week I was going into the nail salon. And that takes up time, you know? I took my kids bowling this weekend. We, uh, you'll do, you want to know how much you take a guess at how much you think bowling is in Manhattan. You're going to like, you'd, you'd freak out bowling in Manhattan. It's outrageous for four people to go bowling at Manhattan, in Manhattan at Bowmore lanes, which is like the popular bowling alley here. If you want to reserve a lane, it's like two hours of bowling with shoe rental, $300. Could you three, $300 to go bowling? It's like, $75 a person to rent shoes and go bowling for two hours. Get the hell out of there. I'll pack up the kids. We'll go to the Bronx. Thank you. But I was on Groupon and I got a Groupon for, wait for it, $50 for four people and the shoe rental. And the only caveat is that you can't have a reservation with the Groupon, of course, because, you know, they treat you like second class citizens. God forbid you use a coupon and all of a sudden you're at the back of the bus. It's like, you know, you just, you make everything so damn difficult. And then of course, when you get in there, you know, they're like, you don't have a reservation. Oh, well, you could go spend time in the arcade. And it's like, I don't want to go to the arcade. And I hate arcades. I think I hate arcades because I was born, when I was born in the early 80s, okay, the very early 80s. (laughs) When I was born in the early 80s, like the, um, I feel like I always remember seeing like the five o'clock news and I, you know, like before, you know, it was more, it was probably my grandmother telling me, oh, look at these kids getting kidnapped in the arcade. So I don't like arcades. Arcades, they freak me out. But of course, you know, the, my, my daughters, they see the big claw machine with the garbage, the garbage like penguins at the bottom. They want to claw, you know, they want to claw them out because they, because this is exactly the kind of crap that I want in my house is I want us to spend $10 in a machine where we're clawing out a penguin. And then I got to keep this, this, this made in Taiwan penguin that with the, the, the batting is coming out of its neck around the house because, because it's the life-size penguin, because Annie won it at the fair. It's like, I, 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 I just can't. It's like the people, oh my God, look at this. My Lululemon pants. They just, they, I just pulled them with a stupid piece of Velcro. I swear to God, you can't have anything nice when you have kids there's a piece of velcro on my 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 uh my headphones i'm wearing it rubbed on my lululemon pants pulled the pants god damn it god damn it <laughs> anyway so they make up for this goddamn groupon is what i'm trying to tell you 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 go you got now i'm i spent 40 dollars in the arcade and then my boyfriend spent another $30, you know, whatever, because they, they, because it's, you know, $1,000 per game. You know, the whole thing's rigged. So it's like, yeah, I might have paid $50 for the bowling. And then I spent another, we spent another 80, 90 in the arcade, you crooks. And what's what kids, the second you get anywhere, they only want food from the place that you're at. I'm like, mommy's got snacks. We don't want those snacks. I thought, why not? They wanted chicken nuggets. I said, you know what? Over my dead body. Over my dead body, are you going to have chicken nuggets 
at a bowling alley where you take a bite of a nugget, you dip it in the sauce, and then you put your hands in the filthy COVID bowling ball. Absolutely no chance. No goddamn chance. I never thought about how filthy the bowling balls and the bowling, the whole bowling alley. I never thought about how filthy bowling balls themselves are until now. And there I was, young kid, you know, getting nachos and cheese whiz and slobbing it up and then putting my fingers in that bowl. My mom, and probably licking my fingers. I, I mean, I'm surprised I'm not dead. I'm, I'm actually surprised we're not dead. We used to do that. Anyhow. So this podcast episode is going to go up early because... I may or may not be going on vacation. I don't really, here's the thing. There's some weirdos in the world. Like there's weirdos in the world. And like, you don't want to say when you're actually going away because, you know, then they know you're not around. The good news is, is that people come in and out of my house all the time. So if I tell you I'm going away, you can't even think about trying to break into, nobody can think about breaking into my house because I got people watching. That's all you need to know. (laughs) My anxiety blanket came. That's my product of the week this week. Baraby, Baraby, you have to get this blanket. <laughs> I think I should turn this into a shopping podcast. What do you think? But uh, no, Baraby, oh my God, it's so amazing. It's um, when I was in LA, I saw my friend James that I worked with a thousand years ago, and he's an amazing um, chief diversity officer for an agency, and he's also a singer. <clears throat> so talented, this guy. And in his office, when I went to go see him, he had all these beautiful velvet, thick knit crocheted blankets. And I was like, oh my God, I love, you know, like, like really like thin, thick, chunky knit. And I was like, oh my God, I love them. And he said, oh, these are the Baraby blankets. And I'm like, well, what the hell is the Baraby blanket? And he says, oh, the, uh, a lot of my creative people that work here, you know, like just in any, you know, and he said, and me, we have anxiety. We, 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 you know, we were working all the time. And um, he, for him specifically, he likes to sit and put the blanket over him, you know, and the weight, it makes his, uh, it calms his respiratory system, whatever. We've talked about weighted blankets in the past. And I uh, had bought one on Amazon and it's filled with little glass beads. And I didn't really like that for whatever reason. I didn't want to sleep with the blanket on top of me filled with little glass beads. Like I tried it. I took advantage of the warranty. Why the hell is that? I got a thumbs up in the corner of this, of this, uh, all of a sudden my, my, my video giving me a thumbs up. Is it because I did it? Did I do that? You know what? I can't stand technology sometimes. So I returned the weighted b- blanket with the glass beads. And I was hemming and hawing about this bearably bank blanket because it's like, it's pretty expensive. And I, but I do have anxiety. Could you have guessed? And uh, I only got the twin size one because you don't need a big blanket. You don't need a full size or a king or a queen for these heavy blankets. I got a 15 pound twin size bearably blanket in rose color because I, my bedroom looks like a, uh, like it's out of the Golden Girls bedroom. It's it, I like grandma style. It's like floral and cream and gold and chandelier. And so I um I I got the velvet oh, uh, the thick chunky knit blanket, fifteen pounds. I think the color is rose quartz. Oh my god, have I not been sleeping like a heavenly baby? You have no idea. The weight feels so good, and it, I like that it's not 
filled with the beads. I like that it's open. I like that it's breathable. It's just delicious. It is heavy though. I mean, it's heavy. And you know, it does make me worry slightly because like my kids came in the room and they're like, we want to try the blanket, you know, and I, they can't have a 15 pound blanket on them. Like they're only 50 pounds. The, the rule is you should only have the blanket 10% of your total body weight. So, you know, whatever. Um, did I just tell you how much I weigh? Whatever, whatever. Anyway, so look into it. I don't know what their warranty is, though. That's the annoying part. Like, you know, like you're going to spend this money and then what if you don't like the blanket? That's a problem. And then how you, you know, you know how annoying it was sending back the one that I got on Amazon last year? Like I had to send back a 20, 15 pound blanket. It was exhausting. If I had to take that to UPS, it would have never gone back, you know? Someone in my family would have have got it for Christmas. Anyway. That's it for the Elise Delucci show. I'm loving my new uh, angle with the video. I'm so happy. I I I am really happy that we don't have uh, my my green velvet drapes as the background. I think that this is better. The quote of the day is from Mitch Hedberg. He's an absolute word genius comedian who's not alive anymore, and he all of his you know some comedians their jokes on paper are hilarious, and some of the comedians like me, that their jokes are not so hilarious on paper. They're hilarious when we perform them, right? Like I'm more of like a personality, you know? Uh, But some comedians, I love the comedians that the jokes are hilarious on paper, you know, and they're just so well-structured and tight and clever. But here's a Mitch Hedberg joke. And if you read it on paper, you'd even laugh because it's just cute. Rice is great if you're hungry and want to eat 2,000 of something. How fab is that? That's it for the Elise DeLucci show. Episode 103, baby. I'm Elise DeLucci. Do me a favor. Review me on the Apple podcast store. Review me in Spotify. I have zero reviews in Spotify right now. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I have zero reviews on Spotify. I don't even know. You don't even have to write me a review. Just ask somebody to show you how to log into Spotify if you don't use it and do me a favor. Give it a star. And yeah, I'm I'm asking you to do that because I need it. I absolutely need it. So there are some people that charge. They do like a Patreon, they call it. You know, they charge people uh, to listen to their podcast $5 a month. I'm not doing that. I won't do it. I I, I don't care. So people say, why don't you have Patreon for your podcast? You can make a couple thousand dollars a month for yourself. And I say, you know what? I do not want to charge my listener friends money to listen to me. Their time is payment enough. Their support is payment enough. I'm not doing that. If I ever come out with some product line, they could buy a product. If I ever came out, if I ever uh, am on tour, big, big like Sebastian, they could come and buy a ticket. I'm not charging for the podcast. Get that. We already have enough charges. Let me tell you something. I've been looking at my credit card bill. Okay. I got charges from all kinds. I don't even know. Apple.com, Google Storage, $1.99, all these. I don't even know. Spotify, Hulu, Netflix, New York Times which, by the way, decides to charge $40 a week. $40 a week for your newspaper? You could effing keep it. How about that? You better give me a discount when I call and try to cancel that shit. It's like, I got so many monthly charges. I am not charging for the Elise DeLucci show. Thank you. But if you can do me a favor and go on Spotify, I would totally appreciate it because I just would. Give me a star. Beg. It's a beg. (laughs) Anyway. I'm Elise DeLucci. Thank you for listening. 
I hope to see you in New Jersey at the Vic DiBettitetto show. I will talk to you next week. Love to love you, baby. I'm not